You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia and the topic of our podcast today is the new girlfriend. Why wasn't I enough? For those of you who have recently come out of a narcissistically abusive relationship and feel you've so quickly been replaced by someone else, this podcast is for you. Even if you've been out of your relationship for a while and still struggling with this issue, you'll get a lot out of this podcast. So I'm gearing this podcast to women because I have so many female clients who find themselves hyper-focusing on the new person in their ex-narcissist life. And I want to have this podcast as a reference or resource and also a reminder for each one of you that are trying to get this message into your head. However, if you are a man who feels like you've been replaced by someone else, I'm sure that you'll also get value from this podcast. So let me start by saying that what you tend to believe is going on isn't what's going on at all. You haven't been replaced. Why? Well, because to be honest, you're irreplaceable. There's really nobody like you. This is true. You are your own unique person. It's not like you're a product at the Amazon store where when you stop working right, the owner can just toss you in the trash and buy a new one just like you. No, you may certainly feel tossed in the trash. You may feel discarded. You may feel replaced, but please understand these are your feelings. And although your feelings matter, they are important and we care about your feelings. They may not always be an accurate representation of what's going on. Even if you've already heard what I'm talking about in this podcast, let this be a reminder. This really isn't about you at all. It's about the narcissist. I'm not saying that you don't have your own issues and the things that you're struggling with within yourself, but I'm saying that the reason that you're experiencing this type of obsession is a result of narcissistic abuse and has everything to do with the narcissist. Now, I know that when you break up with a narcissist, and sometimes there isn't even a breakup, the narcissist just moves on to the next. But either way, you're feeling dumped, discarded, and ultimately replaced. The first thought one has who's in a situation like this is, what does she have that I don't have? Now, feeling replaced can take you to the lowest place of self-doubt, low self-worth, and feeling like you're just not enough. 
And this can spiral you into depression and feelings of worthlessness. Throw in the PTSD from the trauma that you've experienced in the relationship, and you may find yourself obsessed with the ex and his new person. Ironically, many women I work with are more focused on the new girlfriend than they are the ex, and I'd like to look at why that is. Well, there is this comparison factor. She's the one who's now being put up on the pedestal, being treated like a queen, made to feel that there's nobody like her in the entire world. Meanwhile, you may be feeling like you are hated, despised, perceived to be worthless and crazy. The narcissist may have made you feel that the relationship problems were all your fault and anybody would be better than you. So the new woman becomes the person who is automatically better than you. She's more lovable, more worthy, gets the goods that you once got, meaning she is being loved bombed while you're being devalued. And that's never a good feeling, is it? Of course, the love bombing feels so much better than devaluing. To be honest, it feels pretty amazing for most of us. This is the time in your life where you were placed on that golden pedestal and you could do no wrong. So how did you get here? How did you go from that place where you could do no wrong to where you are now? In your mind, you haven't changed at all. But the narcissist's perception of you is what has changed. He no longer sees you in this beautiful light. You're now shrouded in darkness. Meanwhile, the new girlfriend gets to be seen in this beautiful light. She gets to be placed on that golden pedestal. It may even feel that she's stolen your place and taken the good side of the life you once had or the man that you were with. You're left with this dark, hateful, sinister, narcissistic, unloving person who cares nothing about you. What you're likely dealing with here is cognitive dissonance. It's very difficult for your mind to bridge the two opposite extremes that you've experienced. Your mind may not be able to know what is real and what is not. Is the person you've loved with all your heart and soul someone who really loved you back or was it all a lie? Our mind has difficulty believing it was all a lie because during the love bombing stage, it felt so real. You, you might have felt really loved. You might have felt like you mattered. You might have felt that you were really important to this person and now you don't feel any of these things. The worst part is that we tend to take the way we're treated by a narcissist really personally. When we experience the shift from feeling loved, cared about, and admired to being completely devalued, our mind often goes to the place where we actually believe that we have no real value. There may be some lingering self-loathing from childhood that's steeped in shame and feelings of inadequacy. So those old feelings of shame and inadequacy rapidly rise to the surface of our awareness and suddenly we feel that the reason the narcissist 
has treated us in such a way is because he sees that we're really not worthy or lovable. If we had been more lovable, if we'd mattered more, if we were more important, if we were more beautiful, then maybe we would have been loved. But because we're lacking in all of these qualities, we're hated, we're rejected, devalued, and discarded. Well, it's not normal that someone turns on you the way a narcissist does. You may not fully comprehend the personality disorder of narcissism. So instead of seeing that the narcissist has a major issue, you might take it personally and believe that you are the one with the problem. After all, the narcissist, after the love bombing stage, goes to work brainwashing you into believing that the problems in the relationship are entirely your fault. If you were just more of this, or that, or if you just did more of this or that, or you did less of this or that, then there would be no problem. So you work really hard to jump through all of the hoops the narcissist lays out for you and still you fail. Still you're not enough. Still you're a disappointment. Still you're found to be unlovable and unworthy. And this is really traumatizing. Even if there's a part of you that doesn't believe what the narcissist is projecting onto you is real, there still may be a part of you that does believe it because you can't understand how he can go from loving you so much to hating you so much almost overnight. You may be left asking the question, what did I do wrong? And this may be a question you ask a lot when you were a child, it may be an old question that's steeped in core shame and feelings of inadequacy long before the narcissist showed up in your life. The narcissist is a master at invoking core wounds, but what you need to understand is the reason he's a master at invoking these core wounds is because the same core wounds are buried within himself. Deep down, he feels unlovable, worthless, inadequate, and shameful. But these feelings are so deeply painful that he can't see them as coming from within himself. So he relies on his narcissistic defense mechanism of projection. He projects his deep feelings of inadequacy onto you and starts to accuse you of being what he can't see as coming from within himself. The narcissist has this massive blind spot, but he will accuse you of being the one who is blind. In order for you to heal, you have to develop an understanding of what projection is and how a narcissist will use it to shift the blame from himself to you. In the beginning, you're a blank canvas, right? The narcissist sees you as this clean slate in which he can project all of his fantasies, wants, needs, and desires onto. You become the one who will save him from himself. You become the one who will meet all of his needs and separate him permanently from his own feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy. 
But nobody gets to be that clean slate, that blank canvas for long, because the longer the relationship goes, the more the narcissist is put in touch again with his own fears and feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy. And these feelings are death to a narcissist. He can't stand feeling this way, so he needs to offload these feelings onto his nearest and dearest, who is typically the one triggering those seriously uncomfortable feelings. Being the one who triggers the narcissist does not put you at fault. You don't have to do anything wrong for a narcissist to be triggered. You may be a few minutes late getting home from work. You might draw a boundary. Or you might just have this look on your face that gets misinterpreted. You're not doing anything wrong, but you are being accused of doing something wrong. The narcissist begins his projection as soon as he is triggered and he begins to project his dark feelings right onto you and they feel really dark and heavy. But you may not recognize this as projection. You may feel that you have done something wrong. Why else would he be so disappointed in you? Once again, this self-doubt and questioning that you're somehow at fault may stem from childhood when a parent or sibling blamed and shamed you a lot. So you're also being triggered. Your own core shame and self-blame is being triggered. If only you could just be that good girl you would be loved and approved of, but you continue to be told that you're a bad girl according to the one who initially made you feel that way. And of course, it's not true. You were never a bad girl, but you were made to feel this way. And now that demon is back. You once again are in a situation where you're being made to feel that you are wrong and bad. It isn't that you are bad. It's that there's a program running in your own mind that has been encoded into a belief that says, I'm really not a good person. When you met the narcissist, it was likely really amazing because these deep feelings of unworthiness were appeased initially by the narcissist. He made you feel that you were a really good person. He became the one who would love you no matter what. He saw your worth and value, or so it felt. He saw how lovable you were. And initially, it may have felt really healing to you. Because the old beliefs that told you that you weren't good enough were challenged. For a time, you might have felt that you really were good enough. Maybe you had developed a lot more self-worth in the years preceding meeting the narcissist. I know many women tell me that they were at the top of their game when they met the narcissist. They had really good self-esteem and were doing really well in their life. But still, those deep core wounds of unworthiness were buried in there somewhere. The narcissist came along to show you exactly where these wounds were buried, right? Some people feel When they meet someone they have strong feelings for that the person they hope to be loved by will discover that they aren't worthy of being loved. And this is core shame. 
Core shame is a deep feeling that there's something inadequate and flawed about us that others may discover. When others discover our deep flaws, they will reject us. This is the fear. What we don't realize is that most people in the Western world have core shame. We're not alone here. It's hidden in some more than others, but present in most people. Core shame is passed down from generation to generation. For those of us who are raised feeling that we're not good enough, we're likely picking up on the core shame of our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. These feelings of worthlessness and inadequacy may be projected directly on us from a parent, or it may be more subtle. Either way, it's there underneath the surface of our awareness, and there's nothing that brings it to the surface faster than a relationship, a one-on-one intimate relationship. So you meet the narcissist who initially makes you feel really special. You love that feeling of being special. And he's also special to you. And together you have a special relationship. You're both special to each other, or so it seems. And when you're special to someone, you may believe that you will always be special to that person because He really loves who you are. And this may be especially healing if you never really felt special in your family of origin. Suddenly you've met someone who you feel whole with. You feel like you're enough. You feel that you're loved and cared for. For a narcissist, however, he's dependent on people seeing him as special and will only associate with people who make him feel like he's special. He will only make others feel special in order to get his needs met for love, adoration, admiration, sex, or whatever it is that makes him feel good. Others are tools to be used to make him feel special. If you start setting boundaries, saying no, and expressing your disappointment or concerns in the relationship, which inevitably will happen in any relationship, The narcissist's feelings of specialness are threatened. His feelings of shame are activated, and the activated shame causes him to lash out, mostly as a defense against shame. The more the narcissist's core shame is activated in his relationship with you, the less special he feels. Therefore, he begins to search for others who make him feel special. He no longer invests in making you feel special because he no longer is getting what he wants from you, which is unconditional approval. He seeks that unconditional approval regardless of his own actions. In fact, he's quite entitled or he feels quite entitled to have that unconditional love and approval coming into him regardless of how he treats you. The narcissist is blind when it comes to his own actions and behavior. He can't see how he's affecting others. He can only see the reactions coming from those who've been hurt or affected by his behavior. So the focus of his attention is not on his own actions, but on your reactions. 
The longer you're with a narcissist, the more issues begin to arise. The narcissist acts out. You react sometimes in horror. The narcissist punishes you for your reactions and you're left feeling gaslighted and confused and asking what the heck just happened. The pattern repeats itself until such a time that the narcissist has secured someone else who sees only the presentation and not the ogre underneath the presentation. The narcissist needs to believe he is the presentation and the big blind spot hides the ogre from himself. So when you start to see the ogre in him, it's all over because he cannot be seen like that. His defense protects him from seeing his own atrocious behavior because to see how badly he's behaving towards another would invoke his core shame so much that he wouldn't be able to deal with it. He can't deal with any thought that he's less than perfect. It's just too painful. So the narcissist is driven to find a mate who sees only the presentation and can feed this back to him. Feeding back to him his deluded idea of himself, really. And we all typically fall for this when we get involved with the narcissist, is we fall for this perfected image, for this presentation, and we don't see what lies underneath. Anyone who holds up a mirror that reflects to him his true self is the enemy because he can't look into that mirror. I like to think about the vampire analogy where the vampire can only operate in the dark. He can't be exposed to the light of day because it would kill him. The mirror we hold up to the narcissist is much like the light that would destroy the vampire. The vampire is deathly afraid of that light just as the narcissist is deathly afraid of that true mirror. And so anyone who gets involved with the narcissist is doomed to fail in their relationship with them because all relationships are a mirror. Unless one shows no feelings or emotions in their relationship with the narcissist and continues to give him love, attention, admiration, and approval regardless of his behavior, the relationship is doomed. Now, narcissists love new relationships. They love that falling in love stage because new relationships tend to be filled with all that positive hope, that promise, that expectation. And we all tend to fall in love with that presentation rather than the reality of who a person is because we don't really know who a person is until we've taken the time to get to know them. Because of the love bombing that happens with the narcissist, we tend to fall in love quickly, believing that we've met the person of our dreams who loves us unconditionally and will always be there in the same capacity that they are in the beginning of that relationship. We don't take the time to really get to know them. And if we did, the relationship wouldn't last. The narcissist love bombing is meant to hook you in quickly before you find out who they really are. 
I believe that narcissists do have some awareness that they are difficult personalities, and so they don't want to give their prospective partners time to get to know them. It's similar to the salespeople who tell you that you have to buy today or the special offer no longer applies. The salesman creates lack and scarcity and plays on your fear of missing out. I got involved with a man who was coming out of a long-term marriage and he was a friend for many years and I thought I knew him. But after being with him for a period of time, I started to see a side of him that I didn't know existed. And I started to realize that things weren't as they seemed and what I thought had happened in his marriage wasn't at all what happened. So I went against my own intuition and rule that a man really needs to take a year to heal from a breakup of a marriage or a long-term relationship And if he was married, that his divorce needs to be final before I ever get involved. So I ended up asking him this question. If I had asked you to take a year to heal after you left your wife before getting involved with me, would you have done this? He said, no, I would have found somebody else. After that answer, I realized that I wasn't special to him at all. I was just the next thing. And if I wasn't willing to be the next thing, somebody else would have been willing. And our relationship that was already starting to deteriorate really deteriorated after that because I was beginning to see that I was dealing with someone who was narcissistic and needed me only for the role that I played in his life. And when we finally broke up, he immediately moved on to the next thing once again with no time to heal. The narcissist never takes time between relationships to heal. They really can't. They're too needy and dependent upon the positive reflection of themselves that comes from the other. They're not emotionally vested enough in a relationship to need healing when it ends. This isn't about love to the narcissist. It's about having a source of supply to meet their needs. And if you stop meeting their needs, they'll find somebody else who will. So when you have it in your mind that the narcissist has gone on and found a great love, you're really fooling yourself. You're really just remembering how you believed your relationship with the narcissist was in the beginning, this great love. And you're forgetting about how with the narcissist, it's all about the presentation. So you may see this amazing presentation in his new life with his new person on social media or even in the public and believe that it's real because you believed it was real when you were seeing the narcissist's initial presentation. But it's no more real with a new person as it was with you. And the new person will suffer as much, if not more, than you have because she too needed to believe the presentation was real. And when she discovers the truth, like you, her world will be blown apart. 
She may not let on right away. She may hide it from her friends and family and hide it from social media. But deep down, she's suffering as you have suffered because her dreams too have fallen apart. So the only reason you really start to have this feeling like you're you're inadequate and that new person has all this stuff that you didn't have is is basically because you believed that your relationship with that narcissist was a real relationship and he had the emotional capacity to love, but you failed to secure or hold his love and somebody else succeeded at it. And this is the lie that you're telling yourself. This isn't what happens. Now, in our relationships, we all try to keep our dreams alive. So you may find that it's lasting a little longer than you thought it might. We may continue to stay and breathe life into a dying entity. I mean, how many of us have done that? Some of my clients have even married the narcissist as a last resort when the relationship is failing, believing that the marriage is a commitment from the narcissist so he will do whatever it takes to make it work. But the offer of marriage is only an attempt to hold on to a source of supply. So we make the mistake of thinking that that marriage means the same thing to a narcissist as it would to us. And it really doesn't. Many of my clients wonder why the narcissist married that next thing and not them. And it could be that they took such a blow to their ego at the end of their relationship with you that they want to be sure that they're securing that next relationship. It really doesn't have anything to do with love and has everything to do with neediness. Many of my clients who did marry the narcissist noticed an escalation in the abuse immediately after the wedding. It's as if that narcissist feels he now secured you and you're now his property so he can treat you any way that he wants and get away with it. So you might ask, who is this new supply? Well, there's not one stereotype for a source of supply. Sometimes it's someone who's just as needy as the narcissist and willing to ignore all the red flags in order to believe what they want to believe. Sometimes it's someone who genuinely falls for the presentation and is shocked when the house of cards comes tumbling down. Sometimes it's someone who's also narcissistic or borderline or an addict. Sometimes it's someone whose self-confidence is so low that they would tolerate anything. If the relationship with you ends before the narcissist has had a chance to find what he feels to be a suitable source of supply, he will grab whoever is willing to open her home, her legs, her bank account, or all of the above. And this is why people in the narcissistic abuse recovery community often talk about the downgrade. The downgrade is, is that person that you're going, what? Really? Really her? What the heck does he see in her? And it may be a woman that he met at a bar on a low night 
who was sitting alone drinking herself into a stupor. It may be a single mom with a bunch of kids who just doesn't have time and just needs someone to help her support the family. It may be a woman who is homely and doesn't take very good care of herself and is really flattered for the attention that a narcissist is giving her. Whoever it is, I guarantee you she's no more special than you are. And this is the delusion. She's a source of supply, nothing more. And we all were sources of supply. So we have to kind of have some compassion here that we don't want to demonize that new girlfriend because she, she could just be another, not you, but somebody like you. Somebody who who got involved with that person for the same reasons that you got involved with that person. Sometimes this is the most difficult pill to swallow because we have to come to terms with the reality that we were only a source of supply to. We were only the next thing in a chain of next things. We were made to feel that we were special. We were made to feel that we mattered and that we were loved, but we weren't. And we have to come to terms with this. Most of us coming out of a narcissistic relationship feel really used. And this is because we were used. We were used to bolster the narcissistic ego and provide for his needs. And this feels really awful. Our minds in their cognitive dissonance may try and read something into the relationship that isn't there. We may try and convince ourselves that the relationship meant something more to a narcissist. And this is why we end up being ripe for the Hoover, which is when the narcissist's new supply leaves or he quickly becomes disillusioned or disappointed in her and tries to go back to you, back to the old supply. We may believe that the narcissist is coming back because he realizes the error of his ways. He's going to offer you an apology. He's going to tell you how much he really loved you and how much he misses you. And, you know, realize that he made a mistake and you're really the one for him and tell you everything that you want to hear to, to suck you back in. And I've seen a lot of scenarios where there's a triangulation between women. So the narcissist comes back, but he hasn't let go of the other one. And then he ends up bouncing back and forth between two or more women. And the two women, when they find out about each other, they begin to compete for his attention and affection. And this is the ultimate supply for a narcissist he has managed to get several women competing for him, which allows him to get away with even more. After all, a woman who is competing for a man's affections will be very careful not to upset him. So he might favor her. Those who find themselves in such a situation still fall for the lies and the manipulation of the narcissist and don't see through the presentation. So they believe him when he tells her how much he despises the other woman and wants nothing more to do with her. And yet she's really surprised 
when she finds out that they've moved in together or that he's put a ring on her finger. So there's so many lies that happen in these scenarios. And the one thing you absolutely need to remember if you're going to heal and move forward is that the narcissist doesn't love any of his supplies. All supply is being used to fill a need. And also that marriage doesn't mean anything to a narcissist. It's just a means to secure a source. And words for a narcissist are usually lies. He will say whatever he needs to say to get what he wants. So don't trust a narcissist because he's not trustworthy. In order to truly heal, you need to be the one that you've been waiting for, who will show you your worth and value. You need to embark upon a journey of self-love and know your own worth. And this is a path that you must travel that will ultimately bring about your healing. And you must realize that self-love means removing people from your life who don't love you, who don't treat you well, or don't care about you. We disrespect ourselves when we allow someone else to disrespect us the way that a narcissist does. So think of yourself as being ahead on the journey from that new girlfriend or that current source of supply because you really are free now. You can move on to greater love. You can heal where she's still trying to get him to see her, value her, love her, treat her right, which is never going to happen. We have to be honest with ourselves about that. You know this. You've already been there. You've already done that. So don't make this a competition. Don't look back except to grab the parts of yourself that you've left behind that you need to recover to move forward. And then you can begin looking forward and begin the journey of self-love that will ultimately set you free. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. And if you need some help in moving forward, if you're feeling stuck, if you're obsessing about the new girlfriend and need some help, Go to NarcissismFree.com and find the tab that says Counseling and Hypnotherapy and click on that tab and you can find out more about my services in helping you to move through. Meanwhile, take really good care of yourself. I want to thank you for listening and I will see you in the next podcast.